do us like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Powerful song. Amen. We thank the Lord this morning. As we can prepare this, as the Lord to bless us, let's prepare our mind and hearts to receive of the message this morning. We ask the Lord to bless not only the message, but the messenger. Amen. And we know the messenger. Amen. This is no other than our pastor, Jerry C. Right, Amen. So I ask you all to stand. Amen. Amen. And we will present, and we don't have to uh, introduce everyone here, Pastor Jerry C. Wright. Amen. What's the Lord saying? So I ask that you uh, join me in a word of prayer after uh, a quick reading of the scripture. Scripture on today is Romans, the eighth chapter. Once again, we're going to continue um, from this eighth chapter passage, verses 18 through 27. We started last week, and uh, we're going to try to uh, wrap it up today. Uh, if you have uh, Bibles, I just ask that you read along uh, with me in silence as I read out loud. Romans, the eighth, eighth chapter, verses 18 through 27, it reads as follows. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole world or the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is already for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. Let us bow our heads. Father, we come before your throne once again. And Lord, we want to hear from you. We want to hear a word from on high, Lord, and we want that word to be received, Lord, 
with, with open hearts and minds, and Lord, with a spirit of, of obedience, Lord, that we may grow in grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you may be seated. Man, once again, I just want to emphasize uh, to us all that uh, next week is our uh, scheduled church meeting. It's a very important, pivotal meeting. We ask that you are in attendance. We uh, pray that you can. I know a lot of folks are in and out on vacation and things like that, but we are hoping that you are here in person to hear um, what needs to, what we have uh, uh, scheduled to say. Um, I don't know of any questions in advance that have been uh, presented or, or submitted uh, that we have to answer. But once again, if you have any questions on your heart, that uh, you would like answered by leadership. We ask that you submit those and we ask that you submit them um, uh, in advance because we just want simply time to be able to uh, answer them thoroughly. But if you don't wanna submit them in advance, come with them and we'll try to answer them, answer them to the best of our ability. Um, like I said, we're asking that you all are in attendance and we're also gonna do a little something different. We're gonna, we're gonna have the, um, the teens also be uh, present. Although they cannot vote due to our bylaws, <clears throat> we're still asking them to be present. It, it's good to get them uh, involved and see what's going on in the church, amen? To have, uh, to have them aware of what all church business involves. So uh, after all, one day, they'll be taking the place. Amen. They'll be taking our place. Amen. So once again, like I said, please come on out and uh, be prepared to be informed, but also be prepared to share. Amen. All right. Amen. Okay. I was making sure it's making sure these weren't cardboards in the audience like they have at the stadium during the pandemic there. <laughs> All right, once again, we're coming from Romans, the eighth chapter, verses 18 through 27, but I want to concentrate today on verses 22 through 25, 22 through 25 of that eighth chapter. Again, the title is, The Best is Yet to Come. The best is yet to come. So, you know, as I thought about this, um, this um, topic uh, last week, we talked about God seasoning our seasons, amen? And now today we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about, uh, it's not a, not a funeral, but it's gonna be like a, a baby shower, amen? It's gonna be a shower. And when I thought about that, uh, my mind went back to when Karen and I were expecting and we were enrolled in Lamont's classes. And I may have told you all this before, but we uh, were enrolled in these Lamont's classes and they were pretty hot back then. They were pretty popular back then. Everybody was going to them. And, and when we went to these classes, the target was to uh, prepare you for the delivery of the baby. So we learned things. We learned, first of all, how to breathe correctly. Right? We learned that. 
And then we also learn, you know, how to just, you know, what all the cues would be in time enough, you know, to you'll know when the baby was close and how to time contractions and stuff like that. And you know when you needed to rush to the hospital. We also learned, um, I learned how to be supportive during that time, you know, rub the back a little bit. And, and then most importantly, you got to feed ice chips. You got to have those ice chips coming because see, uh, what happens is with all this, your, your mouth get dry. So you want to just put those ice chips in there every now and then, right? Well, when we were, uh, my mind went back to when we were expecting Kayla and during that deliverance, all of a sudden, you know, boom, time came, we rushed to the hospital. Karen was all monitored up, you know, and you heard all of this crazy alien sound. Uh, that was the baby's heartbeat and everything else going on. And uh, Karen was, and I was rubbing the back and everything, had the ice chips going still. Well, at one point, at one point, all of a sudden, you know, I'm being supportive, rubbing the back and at some point you feel like I'm like still rubbing the back and you feel you know like you know you just didn't want to be touched at that time I guess it did all of a sudden you're like and I'm like getting those ice chips coming and then at some point Karen looked at me like if you give me another ice chip I'll cut you I will cut you <laughs> so I'm like Hey, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, and, and the labor was tough. It, it was so tough that, you know, Karen gave us something to commemorate it. I had on this really nice blue, thick Russell Wilson, whatever, Russell uh, athletic wear. And it was a blue, thick, thick uh, sweater uh, or, or sweatshirt. And, and at, during the labor, at some point, Karen got a hold of that sweater and with her teeth, and she bit a hole through it. She literally bit a hole through it. Bit a hole through my nice sweatshirt. I kept the sweatshirt and I gave it to Kayla. And I think Kayla may still have it, but it still has the hole in it right here where she almost got me. She, where she almost got me, right? Now, now imagine at that time, I would have just, I'm talking about in the heat of the moment, I would have just, just went down and bent down to Karen and said, the best is yet to come. <laughs> Imagine how that would have been received, huh? That I, I tell you, I probably would have got cut, right? <laughs> but last week we talked about it. We spoke briefly about how we go through trials, right, and tribulations down here, right? And we shouldn't be surprised about it. John in the fifteenth chapter, we stated twentieth verse. It says, "Remember the word that I said to you: a slave is not greater than his master." If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you, right? If they kept my word, they will keep yours also, right? The Bible tells us in Romans, the fourth chapter, that Abraham, it talked about Abraham, and Abraham, fourth chapter, 18th verse, it says, in hope against hope, he believed. 
so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. Hope against hope, hope against hope. That means continuing to trust even against human evidence, right? Even against hum human odds, right? That means that you still are going to trust in God. So you may be experiencing something right now, right? Right now. And, and Paul is saying to you, yet hold on, old soldier. Hold on, old soldier. This is nothing compared to what we will receive. Amen. He ends up going on and saying in verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Last week, we stated that, hey, this present life being filled with all of its, its ups and downs and various challenges. We said that it's nothing but a drop in the bucket to what we are going to receive, what we will receive. In this life, God chooses to, 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 to be uh, seasoning our seasons. Amen. I'm looking at uh, Chris back there. He knows something about seasoning things, right? He, know, he knows how to Put, put it all together and make it taste real good. And, and that's what God is doing right now. He's seasoning our lives. We go through seasons in this, in this life that we live. And God is simply seasoning. We talked about how sometimes, you know, he puts that seasoning of onions on there and it causes tears to come, right? And we, we have those crying seasons. And then at times we have those, uh, I thought of pepper, when we just are sneezing and coughing and everything, and that can allude to illness. Sometimes we, we don't feel right in our bodies and we're down and out, and that's a season of illness. And then yet he comes in and he puts some sugar and spice and everything nice in our lives too, right? For those moments where we can rejoice and be happy, right? In all ways. How about that salt he comes in with to make sure he preserves us through hurt, harm, and danger. And lastly, I told you all about that time, right? Sometimes time, T-H-Y-M-E, right? You know, that goes good with lamb, right? And I told y'all that, hey, we're, we're lambs and, and we need T-I-M-E at times, right? To make sure that we mature and become more like Christ. Amen. And those are, that's God seasoning our seasons. And, and, and what do we need? What can we hold on to, to get us through these times of, of trials and tribulations? Because we are going to suffer at points. We're going to have our lows at some point. So what do we need to get through? Where Paul says we need hope. We need hope, right? We got to have that hope. In Hebrews 6 chapter verses 19 through 20, it says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the words of Melchizedek. And this scripture was one that inspired Elder Williamson. Each time we talked about it, he says, imagine, brother, that a chain 
is in heaven, at the throne of heaven. And that's our anchor and where that chain comes down to us and our souls. And our soul is anchored anchored to that throne. And no matter what happens and no matter what comes, we are anchored, anchored at the throne. Amen. So yes, the storms of life, they may keep raging, but my soul is anchored in his love. Amen. So Hebrews tells us that whatever uh, consolation it is, comfort, assurance during this pilgrim, this during this pilgrimage, we need to understand that hope, hope must be there. We need to hope. We need to have hope. We must continue to hope. And yes, I use the word pilgrimage. We are going through a pilgrimage down here. Amen. We're going through a pilgrimage down here. This, this, this is interesting. It's an interesting thought to me because many of us, many of us Christians are, 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 are like living as if we're trying to make this home. We're trying to make this home. It's as if we're trying to make this temporary thing permanent. This temporary thing is going to fade away. Our hopes are built on things eternal eternal we need to have a eternal perspective amen and our attempts to satisfy on these temporary things to satisfy ourselves on these temporary things we always leave with 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 needing something else we're never satisfied by temporary things i go back to what c.s lewis said he says if you are not satisfied then it, it make it should make you think uh, something different. He says this, an exact quote. He says, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Did you hear that? It must be that I was made for another world. This world is not my home. I'm just simply passing through. That's all we're doing. We're just simply passing through. It goes on in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses 13 through 16. It says, all these, when it talked about those heroes of faith, it says, all these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles, on the earth, for those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. They were saying that if they were thinking about the home that they left, then all of a sudden, that's, that's it. They would have just returned to that home that they had once been. But no, they did not consider that home anymore. They said home is with God and home is in heaven and I want to be with him. This temporary world does not satisfy me anymore. I want to be with him. Amen. I want to be with him. We are passing through as we redeem the time. Amen. We rest assured, we know for a fact that the best 
is yet to come. The best is yet to come. He goes on in this uh, 22nd verse and he says, for we know that the whole creation groans and sufferings, the pains of childbirth together until now. Again, Paul personifies creation. He makes creation a person for us. And he says, let me, let me, let me just uh, uh, make creation a person for us right now. And if we do that, we'll say that creation, just think of it, all the parts, the, the, the sky, the, the sun, the moon, the, 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 the oceans, the earth, all of them, right? That they're, they're in a common calamity, if you will, together. And they are, they, they're, they're consoling and it's like the, it's, it's almost like the moon is, is hugging the ocean and the ocean is hugging the earth and, and they're just hugging each other saying it's coming this is coming the day of redemption is coming it is coming and they're on their tippy toes and they just can't wait till that day comes because they know that God will return and they will be redeemed amen that's what Paul was saying so they're not having a pity party it's not a pity party. No, they are waiting because they know that it's not going to be a funeral, but God is going to shower with blessings from on high. And everything is going to be made right when he comes, right? All wrongs will be made right when he comes. So they are just waiting in great expectation, waiting and waiting until he comes. And, and, they, are, and they are on their tippy toes. And you know what? If they're on their tippy toes, then we have crane necks because we just can't wait until he comes oh boy what is what is in store for us right what is in store for us you know creation knows that uh, we believers have been given right an engagement ring right creation knows that we've been given an engagement ring and, and guess what the deposit has been paid for the reception too Amen. So we've been given that engagement ring. The, the deposit has been uh, paid for the reception. And guess what? The grooms has gone. He, the groomsman, he, he went to the president's tuxedo of eternity. Amen. Jesus has already been fitted for the tux, right? And, and, and we've gotten our, the church that is, we got our wedding gown all prepared and we are ready and we know that a wedding will occur. We know that a wedding will occur. Amen. And then verse 23 says this, and not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Listen, we are in the thick of things. We're in a thick of things right now. But yet, even though we are in a thick of things right now, we have the first fruit. And that first fruit, like I said, it's like the engagement ring already. We've been given the Holy Spirit right now. All of the Holy Spirit, not just part of the Holy Spirit, but we've been given the Holy Spirit right now to make it through, right? And if all creation is standing, like I said, on its tippy toes, then we ought to be waiting with crane necks, just necks stretched out stretched out as long and we just looking ahead to what is going to come we just can't wait we just can't wait we just can't wait to see what is ahead amen 
Amen. We are living, we're, we're living in, in the tension. And, and, and listen to this, because I had to wrap my head around this when I, when I read it this week. We're living in the tension of already and the not yet. You hear that? We're, we're living in the tension of the already and the not yet. It's like the farmer who has a, a hand full of seeds, right? In essence, he already has a harvest, right? He has the seed. He already has the, the harvest, but yet not yet because it's got to be planted. And then once it comes to fruition, the harvest can be gathered. So we are living in, in this time of already and not yet. Already and not yet. Verses 24 and 25 explains it a, a bit better. For in hope, we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. You know, the expositor, our expositor says this, and, I, and it said that Paul is likely alluding to the fact that salvation is a future hope in addition to a past experience and a present reality. So what we can say is, I was saved, I am being saved, and I shall be saved all at the same time, all at the same time. So we are going from that, we're in that tension between the already and the not yet. And, and, and during that time, when we're in between that already and the not yet, we need to hold on to hope. We have our hope, right? And hope allows us to hold on during the, those seasons of seasoning. It allows us to hold on during those trials and those tribulations. And, and we have a biblical hope. We don't have wishful thinking. We have a biblical hope because this biblical hope is defined as confident expectation of future blessings to be received from God. You hear that? You hear that? that that's, that's what biblical hope is all about. It's, it's not, oh, I wish I can. I wish, oh, I wish. No, no, no. It is confident expectation of future blessings to be received from God. Y'all hear that? And that alone is enough to be rejoicing. That's enough for, to be uh, just, just to tear this church up because it tells us that hope is not uh, 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 dependent on us. Hope is in God and what he does, right? And what he can do, right? What he can do. It, it, it's like hope is, is not irrational, but it's based on God who has proven himself faithful time after time after time after time after time. God has proven himself already and our hope is anchored in him. It, we, we hope in his track record, not our own. We, we hope on him and in him. 
but not what we have down here. We don't hope in cars and homes and clothes and things of that nature that will be gone tomorrow. We hope in him. That's what our hope is, right? That's where our hope lies, right? And, and, and just think of this. I thought of this, too. Uh, uh, you know, when we watch, uh, uh, I'm quite sure you all watched infomercials. I'm quite sure you've seen one uh, um, at some point or another. And, and, and the product that's featured, that featured product, they talk about it. And then the announcer at some point shamelessly says, but wait, there's more right? But wait, there's more. Or during this pandemic season, I'm quite sure you all probably during lunchtime or around lunchtime, you sat down with a bowl of cereal and you watched Price is Right, right? And then that Price is Right, if you didn't catch it, I'm quite sure you've seen it before where all of a sudden they're having that showcase showdown and they are just loading it up with all kinds of things, right? They're just loading it up and the announcer starts off with one item and then he says, but wait, there's more. And then all of a sudden he comes and it brings another thing out and he says, but wait, there's more. And I'm just thinking scripture is telling us Scripture is telling us, but wait, there's more, right? We can go on and we can look at historically, we can look at our journey of salvation. And it starts with John, right? 316, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life, but wait, there's more because in 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, it says, such were some of you, but you were washed and you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the spirit of God. But wait, there's more because John 14, 1 through 11 says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. But wait, there's more, because 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, but just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of men, all that God has prepared for those who love him. But wait, there is more. God is a good God and we hold on to him. Time is filled with swift transition, right? But we hold to God's unchanging hand. Each time we hold to God's unchanging hand, the best is yet to come. No matter what you're going through down here, the best is yet to come. You know, this morning I woke up with a, a text. A friend of mine called and said, my mother has gone to be with the Lord. 
and he was he was feeling down because a day or so ago when I talked to him, he couldn't talk to me because he was it was just the emotions were welling up and he was crying as he tried to express to me that his mother was on her deathbed. But in my mind, I had this scripture just echoing and I just said, but wait, there's more. Yes, this is a season that we are going through and, and, and death tries to grab the victory from God. And, 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 and we try to struggle. We, we not even try to struggle. At times we do struggle and we're on that struggle bus constantly. But I keep thinking in the back of my mind that we are standing on the promise of God and he is faithful and he is just and he will keep his word but wait there's more there's more there's more and I thank God and I rejoice each time I think about what he's done for me and what he will do for me in the future the best is yet to come saints God bless you all the, ble the best is yet to come Amen. Stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. I don't care how, you know, I don't care what, what waves are, are, are going on in that ocean that we call life. We're anchored. We're anchored. We're anchored in his love. We're anchored in his love. And, and, and that's what we need to ask today. Are you anchored in his love? Have you, have you made that decision to make Christ your choice? Have you made Jesus your choice, saints? Have you made Jesus your choice? Or, or have you been distracted with, with, with temporary things? And these temporary things have just knocked you off track. And, 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 the, and the eternal things seem so far away. You know, I, I read this week that those heroes of faith, right? Those heroes of faith, they said that they had uh, uh, binoculars, if you will. And although they were in this present world, they looked and they had those binoculars of faith and hope and they looked ahead and all of a sudden they saw their promise. They saw their promise and Abraham, you know, Abraham never uh, stayed around to see all the many nations that would come from him. But you know what he did in, that, in, in, in those binoculars and that uh, faith, he just looked ahead and he saw the promise and he waved at it. And he just waved at it because he knew that it was that sure and that it was going to be. Amen. And that's how we need to be. We need to be hopeful. Our hope is in God. Amen. And we're praying today that you have that same type of relationship because those times in which you are tried and tested, you got to have an anchor. You got to have an anchor. And that anchor can't be a best buddy. They, they'll disappoint. That anchor cannot be a bank account. It can, it can be drained. <laughs> Trust me. And it can't be riches that you store up in your home. A thief can break in and take it all. It's got, you got to have something more sure than what this world offers. And what it is, is it's Christ. If you're anchored in his love, you can get through this season. You can get through this season. And we pray today that you choose this day to serve him. This day, don't let another moment pass you by. Choose ye this day.
Amen. What will you do with Christ? Amen. Out there in Zoom, we ask you to contact us. Amen. If you're, if you're making that choice today, contact one of us. Our information is available. It'll be posted. And, and, and those who are here, I say to you, don't be distracted with this temporary stuff. Come today. <laughs> Come today. Decide to make Jesus your choice. Amen. Amen. And I think today is communion Sunday. I'm going to ask this brother, can you lead us in communion? Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Amen.